Jeremiah chapter 2. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, we're going to be in Jeremiah chapter 2. I apologize for the sound. We've been working on the sound. We thought we had it going, and then somebody stopped holding their mouth right, and it's not been working right ever since. So if you've been holding your mouth a certain way, change it, because we, we need the sound to work better. We are definitely working on getting the sound quality better. Uh, we've got some stuff ordered in. we got some stuff coming in. We had it working well for one or two services, and then it just went kaput on us. And we, I've got three different IT guys in this church that that's what they do for a living, basically, and uh, they're no help at all. No, that's not, that's not true. We, we, we're, that's why I, I, I'm finally just relying on them. I'm like, okay, I give up, guys. It's y'all's turn. You know, <laughs> I've made a fool of myself. I'll let y'all try to fix, figure this out, but we're going to try to get that figured out. But we're going to be in Jeremiah chapter 2. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 9. That's where we're going to start. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 9. And of course, this is the Lord, and He's talking to Israel, the nation of Israel. And He says, Wherefore I will yet plead with you, saith the Lord, and with your children's children will I plead. For pass over the isles of Chittim, and see, and send unto Kedar, and consider diligently, and see if there be such a thing. Hath the nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be ye very desolate, saith the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hold them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now the day and age we're living in, brothers and sisters, in 2020, I'm telling you, this, is, this verse right here is written for us in 2020. And is any, any preacher worth their salt should be able to stand up and preach Jesus Christ in the time we're living in, because if there's anything this nation needs, it needs Jesus Christ. And if you look at these verses, it's going to explain to us, and we're going to look at it this morning, it's going to explain to us why this nation's in the state it's in today. Amen. All right, go back up to verse 9. Let's break this down. Let's see what the Lord is telling them in Israel. We're going to apply this. God's dealing with Israel, obviously, in these verses, but we're going to apply this to America today. And it's very easy to apply, to apply because that's exactly what's going on in America today. Look at verse 9. Wherefore, God says, Wherefore I will yet plead with you, saith the Lord, and with your children's children will I plead. Amen. The Bible says, the Lord says right there, I've been pleading with you for generations. Amen. Generations. Not just with you. Not just with your children. With your children's children. I've been pleading with the children, with the dads, with the granddads, with the grandmas. I've been pleading with you for generations after generation. What does that tell us? That tells us, firstly, that tells us the state of this country, the state of this country, the way it's in today, what you're seeing on the news, in TV today, the state of this country didn't happen overnight. It's been going on for years. And according to the Word of God here, God says, I've been dealing with you for generations. This has been going on for generations, brothers and sisters. Amen. We've been slowly, slowly getting away from God Almighty. Slowly, slowly getting away from Jesus Christ. Slowly, slowly taking the importance 
of religion, taking the importance of church, taking the importance of getting close to God, taking that out of our lives and putting in humanistic views, putting in the things that we want to believe and replacing what the Bible teaches us, what God teaches us, replacing them with what we believe is right, what we think is right, what we think our scientists tell us is right. We've been, we've been replacing all this with this humanistic view that's been going on. It's a slow progress. Nobody would have let this happen overnight. But it didn't happen overnight. We've let our guard down. We've turned our backs. We've stopped preaching Jesus Christ. We've stopped lifting Jesus Christ up. This nation stopped turning to Jesus Christ. And now we've turned to the point where we've, we've kind of laughed at them. We used to laugh at them and say, look, they don't like Jesus Christ. And it's, it's almost funny the way they, la they laugh at me. And we kind of blew it off. We blew, well, you can't blow it off anymore. Look at what we're in now. It's been a long process to get this stupid and ignorant. Amen. That's what I wrote down. It's been a long process to get this stupid and this ignorant. You know, if you want to have a good laugh, just turn on the news media and just watch what's going on in the news. It's, it's nonstop. You know, come in this morning and some of us were talking about things that are going on in the world today in this nation. And it's uh, at the point where it's like, I don't want to say anything more, brother, because I'm just preaching to the choir. I mean, we all agree, and I'm thinking, why do we all agree? Because we all have some common sense. The third thing this shows you here in verse 9 is a very important thing about our Lord God. The world's forgot this about the Lord God. See, the Lord, they have the Lord God pegged as this mean, evil, male chauvinist, dictator, they, they have God, but what they don't understand about God, which I understand about God, and I believe y'all understand about God, they don't get it, and this verse proves to you that, what, about our God. Our Lord God pleads because He cares. Amen. He could just let us go. And I'm here to tell you this morning, that's what's happened. He gives you your heart's desire. That's the worst thing He can give you. I want this and I want that. And God said, you don't want that. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm pleading with you. Don't go that way. Don't go down that way. I'm telling you that's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the ends are over death. Don't go that way. I'm pleading with you. And we keep on going. And not only do we keep on going, but we turn and we say, hey, y'all follow me. It's so much more fun down here. Y'all follow me. And our God could easily have turned his back and said, they're stupid. They're ignorant. They're getting what they deserve. I'm done with them. But our Lord God has pleaded, not just for a day, not just for a year. He's pleaded for years and decades, generation after generation. He's pleaded with the kids. He's pleaded with the parents. He's pleaded with the grandparents. He's pleaded, come back to me. Amen. Turn back, repent. Amen. You don't know what's going to happen. I can see the road you're going down. You're not going to like it. It's like a parent pleading with their kids, pleading with their teenage kids. You plead with them. You plead with them. You say, I've been down that road. Don't go down that road. And, the, and you know them. They're going to have to do what they're going to do. That doesn't stop us as parents from pleading, does it? Amen. God has that heart, has a bigger heart. And that's what that verse shows us in verse 9. And he goes on to say in verse 10, For pass over the isles of Chittim and see... And send unto Kedar, and consider diligently, and see if there be such a thing. He's telling you in verse 10, he goes, look far and wide. Basically today, he said, go over to China. 
Go over to Japan. Go over to India. And I want you to see if you see what's going on over there, what's going on in my nation. What's going on, Lord? Verse 11. Had the nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods. You know, that verse right there was written 2,600 years ago. And that verse right there is as true today as it was written 2,600 years ago. And what I mean by that is, what God asks is, is does a nation change their gods? There are yet no gods. How long has Asia been Buddhist? They haven't gotten rid of Buddha. They're They're still worshiping Buddha today. Muslims? They're still worshiping Muhammad today. They're not changing. They're not going to change. They have a God. They have no God. Buddha's no God. The Hindus over in India, they're not changing. They're not changing their God. They want their God. They're going to keep their gods. That's what God asked. What nation does that? Israel, America, Britain. They build their nation on God. Those three countries right there, off the top of my head. Israel, built on God. Britain, built on God. America, built on God. And one day America wakes up and they start saying, I want to change my God. God says, who's ever done that? No nation does that. We do. We have. And you're seeing seeing the results of it every day on TV. Have the nation changed their gods, which are yet... No gods, but my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. Doesn't profit them. They've changed, they've exchanged Jehovah God for the God of money. What does that mean? That means do whatever and whatever and to whoever you can do and whatever it takes to get the almighty buck. America's living that way. They've exchanged Jehovah God for the God of money. They've changed Jehovah God for the God of safety, security, and government. And you can keep that God. I don't want that God. And when I say God, I'm saying lowercase g. You can keep the God of security and safety, and you can keep the God of government, and you can keep them to yourself. I don't want that God. I don't like the way that God operates. But there's some people in this country that love it. That's a God they want. They love that God, the God of safety. They like that God because that God comes on TV and comes on and tells them, we're going to shut everything down. You can't go to churches. You can't go out and assemble. If your loved one dies, you can't go bury them. It is for your safety. Well, I can tell them what they can do with that God. That ain't my God. (laughs) My God never promised me safety like that. I'm living in a fallen world. The Bible says it's a sinful world. It's full of sin. It's full of disease. That's what God gave us when Adam and Eve eat the apple. We get what what we deserve. It started at the very beginning. Nobody promises you safety. Nobody promises you tomorrow. So you can sit in your house and lock the doors and sit on your couch and try to hide out. Or you can be like God tells us to be. Go live life. Life is worth living. It is. 
The life Jesus Christ gives me is worth living. I've had people call me, ask me, different missionaries, well, how long were y'all shut down? I said, we weren't shut down. You didn't shut the church? No, I didn't shut the church down. My God didn't tell me to shut the church down. Now, some people's God did for safety. Health experts, health experts. I'm going to read you what the health expert says right here. Got this stuff, I can go, I, I mean, this is going to be a two-hour sermon. Y'all ready for this? This was up, I have, I have a picture of it. Found it on the internet. Health experts support the anti-police protest. Oh, really? I thought you told us to stay home. Don't go outside. You're going to kill somebody when you're outside without a mask on. As public, this is their quote, I'm quoting this. As public health advocates, we do not condemn these gatherings as risky for COVID-19 transmission. Why not? What, I get maybe 50 people in here on a really, really good Sunday? We got thousands of people congregating together, crammed into a place, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I can't go to church? Go kid your mama. That's why my God says I can go to church and your God says to stay home because your God is a hypocrite. Amen. That's your God. This should not... Now listen, they're not even... You think that's bad enough? I'm not even done. They said, as public health advocates, we do not condemn these gatherings as risky for COVID-19 transmission. This should not be confused with a permissive stance on all gatherings, particularly protests against stay-at-home orders. What did he just say? He said, if you want to get out and protest, that's fine. You're not going to get COVID, but you need to stay at home because if you don't stay at home for any other reason, you're going to get COVID. That's their God. Amen. God said, you've changed me, your glory, into something that doesn't profit. Amen. That's their God. What did the New York mayor say? What did the New York mayor say? I read it to y'all a couple weeks ago. What did the New York, New York mayor say? If you don't stop going to church, I'm going to shut you down, and I'm going to shut down the churches and the synagogue permanently. I quoted that to y'all, remember? Permanently. He forgot to mention the Muslims for some odd reason. But he's going to shut the churches and synagogues down. Well, guess what's happening now? I love the Jews. I love the Jews. They, got, they had a gathering yesterday, and on their sign they put on there, Peace for George Floyd, and they had a little gathering, religious gathering. Shut us down now, Mayor. We're just protesting. So they're turning, he, the Jews are turning it against them. Amen. They're supposed to have had services last night. I don't know if they did or not. Big old religious service, and they're, gonna, they're, they're doing it under the premise of George Floyd, a George Floyd protest. I love it. Come shut us down now, Mayor. I think somewhere in North Carolina, they had a big old uh, a race car. They had a big racing event. And on the racing event, they put a George Floyd protest so they could have that racing event. People are figuring it out. You know why people are figuring it out? Your God is stupid. Amen. Your God is ignorant and stupid. My God isn't. My God isn't. See, you've changed your God to the God of safety and health experts, and your God is stupid. My God isn't. We can fix, a, a regular man with some common sense can take your God down. Amen. 
and get around your God's rules. You can't get around God's rules. Not my God. Not my God. Whenever they started having all these rallies, started protesting, you didn't hear a peep from that mayor. Did y'all hear a peep? Not a peep. He didn't say one thing. Y'all shouldn't be out there. Y'all going to get COVID. Don't be out there. You're spreading the disease. They didn't say it. They didn't raise their voice not one time. It was forgotten about. But they want to keep the churches shut down. To hell with that. And I don't mean that in a cuss word. I mean, take that and it needs to go to the devil's hell. That's where this stuff goes. That's where the stuff deserves to go. That's where God's going to send it. Change God, Jehovah, for the God of science and humanism. That's the main thing America's done over the years, over the generations. They've gotten away from God and the Bible and the truth of the Bible, and they've started, they started going on to the God of science and religion. You realize that science laughs at what science believed 100 years ago, right? Science today looks back to 100 and 150 years ago and laughs at the scientists back then. You know what's going to happen 100 years from now? They're going to look back and laugh at these scientists too. They change things from day to day. You've got to wipe everything down. Spray it down. Wipe the doorknobs down. You've got to, do, you got to wear a mask. You got to, oh, and now they're coming out. Well, we're finding out that it really doesn't spread well through, you know, it really doesn't matter to wipe things down. Now they're saying it's, been, it's, a, it's, it's, against, it's bad for your health to wear a mask. Have you heard that one? You know what I'll find it out? Just go against the rules and you'll be okay. I was in a half-price bookstore there and uh, buying some books. That, and before you go in the store, they make you wear a mask. So I put on, my, uh, I put on my, my little mask, which is really not a mask. It looks like I'm about to rob the place. It's like a handkerchief, and I put it over my face because i got to go buy books. i got to have my books, you know. So I go there, and I'm, I'm in there, and I'm looking at the books, and I'm, I'm looking at what's going on in the book section. And look down there, and there's an older couple. I said, notice I said older. I didn't say old. But they were older, way, way older. Way older couple down at the other end, and I heard his wife, and it caught my attention. She says, I'm not wearing this anymore. Because she had a mask on. They gave her a little mask. And he's like, just be quiet. I'm doing, I'm, i got to buy this book. I'm going to buy this book. Just be quiet. She goes, I'm not wearing this anymore. And she took her mask off right there in the store. just like that. So then I'm looking at her, and she makes eye contact with me, and I just go like this. Yeah. He goes, put it on. They're going to kick us out of here. Put it on. I'm not putting on a thing. I can't wear that. So I see him going up to the counter. I'm like, oh, here we go. I just followed him up there. <laughs> sure enough. Ma'am, you got, you got to put your mask on. Ma'am, you don't have your mask. Oh, ma'am. Oh. I thought he was going to just, I thought the guy was going to melt right there. Just, oh, you got to have your mask on, ma'am. I, I, I can't check you out. I can't. Oh, oh, you know, she's like, I'm not wearing my mask. Well, ma'am, I'm not, I, I can't, have, you need to get out of the store. And the guy, the, guy the, the husband, I felt sorry for the husband. That's the only one I felt sorry for. I didn't feel sorry for her. I felt sorry for the husband because just let me buy my books. That's all I said. Just let me buy my, I just got two books here. I'm buying them right now. Let me pay. Oh, I can't check you out. Not with her standing there without a mask on. And so she's like, I'm not wearing a mask. He goes, why am I checking you out? She goes, get your manager. But she says, I'm like, ooh, this is getting good. So I'm just back there waiting. Sure enough, here comes the manager. She says, just check them out. Just check them out and then get out of here. But ma'am, you need to know that next time you come in here, you need to have a mask. I'm not wearing a mask. <laughs> well, ma'am, this is private property, and we can kick you out. If you don't have a mask on, I don't care. I'm not wearing a mask. 
And that lady's just steaming. That manager is just steaming. Well, they checked him out, which took, took two minutes or less. And he walks out of the store with his wife, and she walks out still grumbling or whatever. And they're all stirred up, just like chickens, all their feathers all ruffled up. Like, she's not wearing a mask. And I'm like, you making everybody wear it? What difference does it make? She was in her late 80s. What, if she doesn't want to wear a mask, don't make the old lady wear a mask. What, who are you kidding? Leave them alone. And I, when I walked out, they have a guy standing there at the door, you know, a guard. You know, standing there at the door. And I told him, I said, I'm surprised you didn't run, run and tackle her. And he laughed. Ha, 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 ha. I wasn't laughing. I was being truthful. I'm surprised you didn't run and tackle her, you know. Break her hip. What's that going to do for her? Ignorance. Ignorant. Ignorant. That's what we're living in in the society we're living in. Why? Because somebody changed my Jehovah God for the God of science and health and safety. Pick your God. I'm taking Jehovah God. You can have that God. You're finding out how stupid that God is right now. Take him. You never profit when you exchange God for something else. You never do. That's what the Bible says right there. My people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. When you exchange going to church for going to the bar, staying at home, mowing your grass, ignoring God, when you exchange, exchange going to church for doing these things, for staying on the internet, watching from home, you never profit. You're not going to profit from it. Amen. That Facebook live feed is for those that can't make it. That want to be here, but can't make it for whatever reason it is. That's what that's for. It's not to substitute for the real thing. Amen? It's not. There's nothing like being in the, in the house of God, around God's people, and feeling the Holy Spirit moving. Amen. Man, Amen. man and if you weren't up here, you didn't get to hear some great singing. Man, <laughs> A turkey call broke out at the church at Indian Gap Baptist Church. It's a turkey call out here. I'm just making. <laughs> yeah, we had some turkey call. I thought it was a turkey call competition. They said, no, they're singing the gospel. Oh, okay, they're singing the hymn. I thought they, I thought they were trying to call turkeys into the church or something. I didn't know what was going on, a turkey call mating or something. Now, I'm making fun of one of my members because she said, she said, I can't sing when I get through singing. And she, you did a wonderful job, sister. You did a Amen. wonderful job. Amen. I praise, praise the Lord. It was, it was a real blessing. And if you weren't up here, you missed it. Amen. We had fun. We have had fun glorifying Jesus Christ. Amen. The Holy Spirit moved. I, 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 I was a, it was a real, real blessing to me. Amen. I wouldn't exchange it for nothing. Because, see, that profited me. How did that profit you, Pastor? It profited me because there's people that didn't want to do something got up and done something for the Lord. You think they were comfortable doing that? No. The whole truth is, the story is, we have an oh no gospel. I mean, a whole oh no quartet up here. And his brother, the, the, the song leader, the brother said, calls it the oh no quartet. He calls you from out, out from, he says, come up here and sing with me, and then people go, oh no. <laughs> and he did that to me and a few other people uh, uh, one Sunday, and I told him, I said, Man, I don't mind you doing it to me, but man, do it to some other people. I want to see their faces. And sure enough, he, and then he turns around and blames it on me when he walks out of there. He says, this is my fault. 
Brother, they can vote me out, so be careful. I don't want them to vote me out of here. When you exchange that for, for going to church, you're not going to be any, there's not, no profit to that. There's no profit at all. When you exchange Bible reading and prayer and studying, when you exchange Bible reading and prayer and studying for watching TV, surfing the Internet, playing on your phone, there's no profit in that. Now listen to me. Now, now, don't take me. Don't get me wrong. Don't take me wrong. I don't think there's nothing necessarily evil about watching TV or being on the Internet or, or, or playing on your phone, whatever you're doing on your phone. But when you take those things and put them above God, Amen. when you say, I'm not going I'm, I'm to read my Bible as much because I want to go in here and watch some TV, or you, you're exchanging that. You're not going to profit. There's no profit in that. Amen. There's real profit in reading your Bible and, and getting in deep into your Bible. There's a real profit for that. First off, the first profit you'll get from reading your Bible is you'll get something that we call out here in the South, down in the South, out here in the country, we call it some good horse sense. What you're not seeing on TV right now, the stuff that I'm mocking them about, they don't have none of that. And what God gives you out of reading your Bible, he gives you some good common sense, some horse sense. And that comes from reading your Bible. Uh, the reason why people don't like to read the Bible is because it goes against what they believe. And it goes against them. And it does. It goes against you. I, like, I, I quoted, Dr., I have this written in the, front of my, in the front of my Bible. I have this quote from Dr. Ruttman written out. It says, Dr. Ruttman said, The Bible is not a book for positive thinkers. The Bible is not a book for positive thinkers. It is a book for realists. Yeah, it is. It's for people who just want the truth, the whole truth. Be real about it. Show me the truth. Give it to me like it is. Give it to me like it is. That's what the Bible does. The Bible gives it to you like it is. You know, uh, you get in this book, gives you good common sense. You won't be stupid like these people up on TV you're seeing. I seen a video. These protesters out there, we don't like cops, we hate the cops, we want to defund the police, we want to defund the police. It's like, you people are stupid. But you just have to laugh at these idiots. And this guy, I don't know what they did this guy. He drives by in the car and he slams on his brakes and he peels out and he turns around and he comes up and he jumps out of the car and he has a weapon. I can't tell what kind of weapon he has, but he has a weapon in his hands. And they're all like, all, they're all scared and the protesters back up. And one of these girls in the crowd, I can't make this stuff up. It's a, there's a video of it. I, I'll find it for you and send it to you if you don't believe me. A girl in the crowd turns and yells, somebody call the cops. Somebody call the cops on him. Idiot. Idiot. Say, Brother Keegan, that, I don't know if it's right to call somebody an idiot. Well, I, to me, that's actually, I'm actually being nice. You know, I've got some worse words to say, but I'm not going to say them up here. They're idiots. Total blithering idiots. And I would be too without this right here. Without God, I'm, I'm right there with her. So you think I'm making fun of her, and I am. But I'm, I, I'm talking from a side of I would be the same way, but by the grace of God, there go I. Amen. Look at verse 12. Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be ye very desolate, saith the Lord. This should do, what you're seeing going on in the world, what you're seeing on TV, what you're seeing going on with this protest and everything else, that should astonish you. And it is astonishing, isn't it? You think our, our grandparents, our parents, 
that have gone on to be with the Lord, you think they would even imagine something like this going on in America? The way it's going on? Cops letting, the cops letting people just go in and loot stores, rob and kill people right out in the streets and nothing's done about it? Unbelievable. But God didn't just say be astonished. What does he say? Not just be afraid, horribly afraid. Woo. Man, when God says a word, he means it. Don't just be afraid. You need to be horribly afraid of this. Why? Verse 13. Verse 13, for my people have committed two evils. What are the two evils they've committed? They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. They've forsaken God, the fountain of living waters, and hold them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. Let's break these two evils down. Let's start with the last one. It says, and hold them out cisterns, broken cisterns. Hold them out. They did it themselves. It's their own works. See, that hold out means that somebody's working to make this cistern, working to hold the water. They're working. They're exchanging God's grace for their own works. You need to be afraid of that, horribly afraid of that, and that should be astonishing to you. That God in His infinite love has the grace to give us salvation in Jesus Christ and eternal life. And a man would say, I don't want that. I want to hoe out my own cistern. That's astonishing to me. It astonishes me from day to day that more people don't take God's grace that's so freely offered to anybody who's wanting to take it. Do you know God's grace is offered to the black man too? It's offered to the white man. It's offered to the Hispanic. It's offered to the Oriental. It's offered to anybody who's willing to take Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That grace is offering. Those living waters are offering. You don't have to use, break your back and, and, and tear up your hands trying to build out a cistern. God's already got one for you. But you reject the living waters to start hoeing out your own way. I don't have to tell you country folk what a cistern is. Cistern holds water, but it's man-made and it's, hold, it's to hold water. Uh, it's to hold God's water. Amen. So God's got living water, or you're trying to make your own way, that in the end is only trying to hold God's water. Amen. Other words, it speaks to somebody trying to get to God their own way. Trying to do something for God their own way, it don't work. What does God say about this cistern? It's broken. It's not holding water. That's why all these religions you see, these religions, these people are trying to come to God through a religion, it doesn't work. They're hoeing out cisterns, hoeing out cisterns, getting their rosaries, praying, 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 work, 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 and they got to, just to get some water, and it doesn't hold it. Amen. Doesn't hold water. Isn't that the saying? Amen. Where do you think we get a saying like that from? It's a broken cistern. Amen. What does a broken cistern do? That can hold no water. Amen. It can't hold water. That's an evil. God says that's two evils. The first evil is the one I just gave you right there. What's the second evil? What's found up at the very first of this verse? They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. You know, I, I, I'm real... 
I'm always kicking the Jehovah's Witness around here. I guess because they're so prominent in the Brownwood area, I'm always kicking them, kicking them, kicking them. And I say this all the time, they, they've took verses out of their Bible, the New World Translation, and changed the, the verses in those Bibles because they, they show that Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. And they don't like that. They don't think Jesus is God. And I say it all the time from the pulpit, and I say it down in my teaching that, hey, it's not just one verse. This whole Bible's full of this stuff that proves that Jesus Christ is God. Here's another one right here. Who's that me in that verse right there? Well, that's the Lord Jehovah God. That is. What did Jesus Christ say he was? <laughs> Woo! You might not remember it, so turn to John chapter 4. Turn to John chapter 4. I'm going I'm to read it to you. I'm going to show it to you. If you want to follow along, you can follow along, but I'm going to give it to you. The living waters. It's a fountain. What does a fountain speak of? A fountain speaks that it's available. It's a fountain that's available. It's available publicly. He didn't say it's living waters in a bottle, did he? He says fountain of living waters. What's a fountain say? It's ever springing and it's publicly available. If God had said it's living waters in a bottle, then somebody could take that bottle, put it on a shelf, and try to sell it to you. God don't want that. He says it's a public. Everybody has access to this fountain. It's ever running. It's a fountain. It's publicly available. And it's living waters. Jesus Christ tried to explain this to the woman at the well. Look at John chapter 4, verse 10. John chapter 4, verse 10. Jesus answered, said unto her, this woman at the well, If thou knewest the gift of God. See that gift? It's a gift. It's a fountain of living water. It's a gift of God. Who it is that said to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. Mm. Jesus has it. Jesus has it. It's Jesus. Verse 13, Jesus answered, saying to her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Fountains of living water. Jesus Christ is that fountain of living water. You tired of this world? You tired of this mess of this world? Come to Jesus. It's a whole different world in Jesus Christ. The peace, the grace. You say, well, it's because everything's going good for you. Wait, wait till you go through a storm. We do have storms in our church. We have members of our church dealing with cancer this very day, right now. Dealing with cancer, right now. And they love Jesus Christ and God's getting them through it. And they know no matter what happens to them, they've got a place waiting for them in heaven. Amen. That makes a difference. The living waters, that makes a big difference. Amen. The fountain of living water makes a big difference. <laughs> they didn't work for that water. They didn't hoe out cisterns for that water. It's always available. It's a fountain. It's not broken. They've chose that living waters. God says, that's me. They've, they've forsaken me, the living, the fountain of living waters. 
In John chapter 7, same gospel, gospel of John chapter 7, Jesus Christ, he stands up in the temple and here he goes and he gives it to them like it is. The truth. John chapter 7 verse 37, Jesus Christ says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried. He cried out so everybody could hear him, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Are you tired of this world, the dryness of this world, the bitterness of this world? You just want some cool, uh, cool strong drink of water? Are you thirsty for righteousness? Come to Jesus Christ and drink. Verse 38, He that believeth on me, it's believing on Jesus Christ, as the scripture had said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. I don't know if I have access to this water, Brother Keegan. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You do have access. It's public. It's a fountain. Nobody's keeping you from it. They can throw us in jail. The government can throw you in jail. The government can throw you in solitary confinement while you're in jail. And you can still receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. They can't keep you from taking Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. They can throw you in a hospital and say you have COVID and they can take a, a ventilator and they can throw that ventilator mask over your face and you can't speak and you can still take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen. It's always right there. At the very end of this Bible, Revelation 22, the very last few verses of this Bible, Jesus Christ says, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star, Jesus says, and the spirit and the bride say come. Amen. The bride is the church. That's the Christian saying, hey, come on. The Holy Spirit's speaking to your heart this morning. Come on. And let him that, is, that heareth say come. I've heard it. I believe it. Come on. And let him that is a thirst come. Are you thirsty? Come on. Are you tired and weary? Jesus Christ says, come unto me. Come on. And whosoever will, whosoever will, no matter what race you are, praise the Lord. Y'all realize I'm a mutt. I have so many different, every time I talk to my relatives, they tell me I'm something else, you know. I don't know what I am. All I know is I'm saved. Amen. I don't know what race I am. And whosoever will, look, whosoever will, let him take the water of life, F-R-E-E-L-Y, freely. Amen. You know, man's stupid. Ponce de Leon, Ponce de Leon, Ponce de Leon, what's he known for? He's searching for the fountain of youth. If he could just find this fountain of youth, this mystical fountain of youth, he could take this fountain of youth and he could drink it and he could live in youth forever. That's what Ponce de Leon was looking for. And the whole time, it was as close, it was as close as saying a prayer to Jesus Christ, asking him to save you. And he was, all, what would he go down into Florida? He was everywhere. All he had to do was stop 
and repent and say a prayer to Jesus. And he had had that fountain of living waters. But he forsook them. He says, I'll hoe out my own. I'll, I'll cut these trees down. I'll find that fountain and I'll... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to present something to you this morning in closing. If I was to, and science is trying to do this right now, of course they always try to do something different. If I was to present to you a fountain and say, I'm going to put it up here at the front of the church. Anybody that comes down in front of this church and drinks of this fountain is going to live forever. But, You've got to understand, in this present world, you get where I'm going? Yeah, you can come down and take this fountain of life. And where Ponce de Leon's fountain of youth had its problem is this. Yeah, you get to live forever in this sorry, no good world. There's people that live in this world that they check out. They don't like it. When we see what's going on in this world, I don't blame them. The fountain of youth is not, even if I had cancer, I don't know if I'd come down and take that. You mean I have to live in this world? See, these fountains of living waters are being offered to you by Jesus Christ. What makes them better is this. He's not only giving you everlasting life, eternal life, he's giving it to you up in heaven. Amen. Streets of gold. No more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. All the promises of the, world, of the Lord Jesus Christ, all those things. That's what he just said here. These words are faithful and true. You can believe them. If you can take the living waters of Jesus Christ, how much better is that to know, hey, I might lose the life here like everybody else does, but I'm going to gain the life of there. That's what Jesus Christ is for. Paul said if Jesus Christ is for this life here, we're men most miserable. But he's not for this lifeline. He's not just for right here. Jesus Christ is for the world to come. The promised world to come. So when I turn on the TV and I see everything going on, how everybody's turned from the Lord Jehovah God and turned to their own gods, I think, Woo-wee, I can't wait for Jesus Christ to come back and take me out of this mess. And I'm going to tell you something. When that crack, boom, happens and that trump sounds and I'm going up, I'm going to look by, back and I'm going to look down and say, bye. I'll see you. Wouldn't want to be you. I got a better place waiting for me. You know what's up there for me? Loved ones. Not just Jesus Christ. Loved ones. Mom, church members, dad, loved ones. Man, and the older I get, the more of my loved ones are up there. That's where I want to be. But it's not thanks to me. I didn't do anything. It's all thanks to the living waters of Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to give you a plan. I'm trying to give you the man. The man, Jesus Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, if there's somebody that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, I pray you come in right now and through the Holy Spirit, Lord God, speak to the hearts of truth, Lord God. Let them know that you are the living waters, Father. And you don't matter what they're in, what kind of condition they're in, sin, whatever it is, Lord God, you can take them and cleanse them and wash them in your precious blood and save them. And it's all free if they'll just ask. Amen. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you keep pleading with us. 
Lord, I thank you that you're a father, a God that keeps pleading with man when he doesn't deserve it, Lord God. And Father, I look on this nation, Lord God, and Father, I pray for my enemies. I pray, Lord God, that they would see the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Father, I do pray, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit will move on this country, Lord God. We don't deserve it, but that your Holy Spirit would move on this country, Lord God, and bring us some healing, Lord God. Speak to people's hearts the truth, Lord God, that there wouldn't be divisions between the black and the white and the brown and the yellow, Lord God, that we'd all know that we're one in Jesus Christ. Lord, it breaks my heart to see such a great nation as this turn against you. But Lord, if that's your will, I pray your will be done. Because I know all things work together for good for your cause. And Father, I just pray a blessing on these people, Lord God, that are listening and they're here, Father God. I pray a blessing on them, Lord God, and help us to be better Christians for your sake. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3 verse 16. And most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But Verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it and if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. 
For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him.